You get everybody staring for days All they see is just a young pretty face But I'm trying to get to know you much better Don't matter how much time it will take But there's something you're trying to hide There's something you're keeping inside inside. I'm trying to get to know you much better My name is Ali Midawi, and I am your host with the Avocado Toast. I go by your strategic partners, and we help struggling entrepreneurs to leverage social media and the digital space to create brand equity and revenue. You may may not have seen any of our shows, or you may have seen a lot of them. Let us know where you're chiming in from, because we love to collaborate, communicate, and interact with entrepreneurs. Heck, we give a whole lot of stuff away all the time just for those who are interacting with us. So first of all, I want to go over a couple of different news, which I believe you're going to find as fascinating as I have found them. And that starts with, um, for the very first time since 2020, there are many surveys that are coming out. Um, you'll notice that uh, workers overall, uh, about 45% of the workforce right now, uh, whether they're millennials or just the overall working population, are unhappy. And there are many reasons why they are unhappy. And listen, as an entrepreneur, I can tell you many reasons why I was unhappy with being an employee back in 2011. And one of the things that stood out from the report that came out is because they essentially have experienced what it feels like to be home, be handed money from the government. You know, remember those $2,600 checks and then it was $600 or whatever it was per child or or it was just a lot of government giveaways during COVID. Now, again, COVID was real. Uh, the whole pandemic was real. I lost all of my living grandparents uh, during the COVID uh, pandemic. So I'm not diminishing or discounting or taking away from the devastating uh, events that have occurred. But as a people, as a, as a, as a community, as a humanity, we evolve, we grow, we learn, we move forward. So what happened was that the workforce right now is saying, I got used to being home. I got used to working from your my computer. And now you're making me go back and go on traffic. You're making me go back and have to work in an office and deal with you, boss, to so deal with you know people around me that I might not want to be around. Now, listen, I quit my job in 2011 because of the oppression, and I mean that word that I was getting from my bosses at the time, just just 90 hours a week, did not have any life, uh, newlywed, but working 90 hours was not something that I believe anybody would consider a happy marriage. But at the same exact time, we have uh, choices that we make in life. You chose to apply for a job. You chose to come into an agreement with an employer that you're going to deliver a service, that you're going to deliver a, 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 um, a transaction in exchange of that monetary check that you're going to receive. So what I usually say is do something about it. If you are unhappy, well, fulfill your responsibilities while you are in that job, while you're looking for a side hustle, whether it's network marketing, whether it's uh, uh, your, your dream job, whether it's opening your own podcast, blog, whatever you desire, you can absolutely do. But I don't think it's fair to want your cake and eat it too. In other words, you want increase in payouts and you want to be treated fairly at a job, but then you don't want to go to work just because you don't want to um, 
commit to the responsibilities that that person shook hands with you on. Now, again, I'm not taking no digs on any jobs. I know a lot of people, especially in the network marketing profession, they would say things like J-O-B, just over broke. Well, the just over broke is making more money than the person or 99% of the people who are network marketing or any business for that matter for at least the first two years in any business. That's normal statistics, right? You're not going to be rich overnight. But I share this information with you is that we need a little bit of reality check. Why are we putting our burden of lack of happiness that we chose that we we're going to go to on the employer that decided to give us an opportunity to make money? Rather, take responsibility. You're not happy? Cool. Leave. Do something about it. But don't make it uh, a whole situation. It's like the um, pay gap that we talked about in the past between the United States women's soccer team and the men's, right? That's great. There's equality, same pay. But here's the issue is that the women's soccer are earning 20% of the overall revenue of the uh, or the soccer organization, the United States tournaments or games or whatever it may be, merchandise. While the men's, because of the large amount of revenue that is generating, is 7% of the overall revenue. So you see now there is a reverse gap where the women are making 13% more of the overall revenue while the men are making seven, just to say that we are getting dollar for dollar the same exact amount of payout. So again, there's deeper conversation that need to be had, but I believe that it is time for us to take a little bit of sense of responsibility. On other news, you will see that there is a song that was created by an AI software that created identical vocals, um, style, lyrical abilities of Drake in The weekend. It's a real song. It played many times in the radio. But here's the problem. Drake in The weekend never wrote it. Drake in The weekend never recorded it. Drake in The weekend never had anything to do with it. As a matter of fact, they found out about a song when we found out about the song. But here's the craziest part of it all, because AI is brand new to us all, and we're going to be hitting some bumps like this the the article states that ai drake's song could win a grammy that's right it is going to be nominated for a grammy so what if somebody were to create uh, a podcast with my vocals with my style and they're monetizing it that had nothing to do with it is that okay obviously there's infringements on many different rights the problem in here is that they cannot find who actually created this song. And I believe between deep fake, and if you don't know what that is, is somebody can take your picture and your voice and they can create videos you saying, I hate people and I'm going to go murder people and I killed and I did and I did and I did. And it looks as real as, as, as you and I right now. So this is one of the many issues that we're going to have to deal with with the new wave of AI that we are dealing with right now. Don't get me wrong. I believe that there will be more solutions, more industries, more professions that are going to be created with AI, but you're going to deal with the shenanigans as well. But I'd like to hear what are your thoughts. Do you think this is actually okay? Should we say, well, it is what it is. It's still going to be credited to them or we should do something about it. On other news, you will notice uh, this actually I was shocked about because 
you know, Elon Musk is definitely one of the most open-minded, outspoken person. And I love his rebellious, positive ways. What I mean by rebellious, positive ways, he does not care if it's going to cost him money as long as it is a, a positive impact on the overall things. Well, Elon Musk reportedly turned off the internet ahead of the Ukraine attack on a whole country. See, according to biographer Walter Isaac, uh, uh, Musk secretly ordered his engineers to turn off Starlink, which is the internet in uh, satellite, last year. And when they asked him about it, he said, I prevented a much bigger invasion that could have caused ca ca catastrophic situations and circumstances. Now, here's my thing. If I, Ali Medawi, I'm not Elon Musk, had the access to some online button that I can turn off that can make changes in uh, warfare or historic political or eco uh, economic or social events should i would i have gotten in trouble and why is elon musk just saying hey i did what i had to do i own that satellite i can turn it off this is where capitalism um uh, and, and money and power are kind of commingling a little bit i think that situations like these elon musk should have probably just brought it to the attention of whomever was in charge of making decisions on warfare instead of just taking it upon himself and deciding the fate of many individuals. I love Elon Musk. I agree with him on most of what he does, but this is right here, my man, not cool and I'm not for it. Let me know what you think. On other news, we're going to go to this new uh, report that says cars have worse privacy policies of all product surveys. Now, here's the interesting thing. Unless you're driving a 67 Chevy truck, you're probably falling in this category. And you may say, well, what do you mean, Ali? See, the GPS itself that we have in our car collects data from every single point uh, that you're stopping, that you're parking, what you're facing, uh, the address, the most places that you visit. And that GPS is operated by government agencies. But here's the interesting part. Your smart car that you're bragging about to everybody is collecting data. As a matter of fact, the worst rated car in privacy, Tesla. Tesla, even on their terms and policies, are stating that we are collecting this data and we are selling it to advertisers. So wherever you stop frequently, that data is collected and sent to those locations so they can advertise to you even more. They actually are collecting your first name, last name, email, phone number, address, uh, social security, tax ID, anything and everything you can imagine. And that information is by default, the moment you sign that contract, is no longer in your possession. In other words, they can do whatever they want with it. By the way, if you're like, oh my God, this is so crazy. How could they do that? Well, when you sign up for Facebook, you agree to the same exact thing. See, when you scroll down and you just hit that submit to terms and conditions, what you fail to understand is that Facebook or any social media platform, they take that information, that data, the pictures, the videos, and they can do whatever they want with it. They can sell it to whomever they want. That's what you and I agree to. It's crazy, right? I know it now. I didn't know it back then. A little ninja bonus for those of you who use social media, and I've advised many of my friends just recently, make sure you go to your settings and find a button that says download my data. Do that on every social media assets, and I'll explain to you real quick why. See, when you download your data, you actually will receive from those social media assets Google Drive folders with every picture, every message, every contact, every story, every video you've ever done. Why is that relevant? My sister, our CMO, Tima Harden, she actually had lost or somebody stole or hacked or however you want to call it, 
uh, her Instagram and Facebook account for her uh, uh, for for her personal life and photos, videos, pictures of children since birth, since birthdays, wedding pictures, videos gone. Imagine that were to happen to you, all of your memories gone because we are in a digital space, right? I highly recommend that you do that so you don't have to worry about the shenanigans of privacy because we are in the digital age. We are in the AI age. Everything you do, you go to the doctor, they by default say, oh, HIPAA laws. But the moment you say, I agree to release this information to the appropriate parties, it's gone. You need to just protect and prevent from being taken advantage of. I just updated my... Um, uh, Macafree software uh, for the privacy and from antivirus and all that kind of stuff. And then I just ran a scan on my name. And I found out that I was in hundreds and hundreds of websites that I never would be in, literally with my picture profile that was just stolen from a Facebook account, information that was stolen from Facebook accounts. The same, they just copied it and created in porn sites, created in like all these different things. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I find out from our uh, chief production officer, uh, Rich Tomes, who's like, bro, if I were to really dive deep and do a test on you the way I would do it, I'll probably find you in 5,000 different locations that you wouldn't even think you'd be in. So did I freak out? No, we're just going to have to prevent and make sure that we put different measures in place, two-factor authenticators, notifications whenever somebody try to log in with our information and so on and so forth to protect yourself. And, uh, you know, before you agree onto anything, take the time and read the terms and conditions. You'll be amazed. Sometimes you have no choice but to say, oh, well, either I'm going to say yes to this or I'm not going to get what I want, but it is what it is. Last but not least, we're going to go to uh, different news. And this is an article. If you remember a few um, weeks ago, we were talking about some articles that came out in the industry um, of trading and um, network marketing. And it, it saddens my heart every time this happens. Listen, I've, I've witnessed depositions. I've seen uh, legal cases from FTC and from SCC on different circumstances and situations. And this breaks my heart. But here's the thing. This article that just came out, actually, it's uh, about a company called, uh, well, it's about a lawsuit between a former um, a top earner of a company called Economy. I personally have worked with Economy. As a matter of fact, I was their VP of business development for about seven, eight months uh, until I resigned February uh, this year, 2023. Now, but the reason I want to bring this, you know, I talk about this repeatedly. You have to be extremely careful who you are going in bed with. Now, I'm not siding with uh, Ali Saleh uh, and this whole case that came about, and I'm not signing with economy. I'm just reporting and bringing to your attention that whatever you say, even if it's in private text messages, even if it's in DMs, even if it's in stories that you think may disappear, will come back and haunt you. So according to MLM, uh, uh, behind uh, MLM article, Ali Saleh, uh, who is uh, uh, who, for, who formerly resigned from Economy after a whole lot of back and forth, is suing for unpaid commission and upwards on $150,000. And Economy uh, and its executive team are going back and forth. And there's obviously a lot that is still to be said. But this just brings to your attention when there is network marketing, which is all about excitement of building a team and, and a community, and then money and trading, there's usually blurred lines that get crossed. 
deals that are going to be given, deals that are going to be exposed eventually. I always talk about this with many of my fellow network marketers. Hey, you want to give a deal to your, to your leaders? Give it, but just make sure you're public about it. Make sure there's merit to it. See, if you have to hide it, it's a problem because that means that there's something funny key that is going from it. See, in here it states that Ali Saleh had a deal to just have one leg that is being built, uh, um, you know, and he gets essentially the comp compensated from it. And eventually when the company wanted to bring somebody else, and by the way, this is all public, I'm not making anything up or, you know, claiming my own thoughts, uh, but it's bringing to light um, a lot of what the deal and how it was set up. So what do you think is gonna happen? Everybody who was always questioning, is there a deal? Is there a deal? Was there a deal? Was there a deal? No, no, there's no deal. There's no deal. Now it is all exposed and out, and it makes both parties look really, really bad. Now, Ali Saleh and I are good friends, buddy of mine. I love you to death, bro. Uh, we are just reporting what is public in here. I am looking forward to having him on the show, I can promise you, because I want to give him a platform to share with us exactly, um, you know, how did we get into this mess? Because... I believe that, you know, a company like Economy, uh, and, I, and I worked with them again for a couple of months, have something great. But there is a fundamental flaw in the whole industry of network marketing and trading. Look at what just happened to IX Global. $49 million scam. Went from a couple of hundred million dollar a year, successful network marketing company globally. And just like that, $49 million scam. IML. Uh, a 270 something million dollar suit from the SEC that is they're being hit right now. Uh, I mean, FTC rather. So I can go on and on and on and on and on and on. At the end of the day, if you have to hide it and be secretive about it with non-disclosure agreements, most likely there's a ridiculous reason why it's going to come back and bite you in you know what. Now, last but not least, and this is near and dear to my heart, I talked to you a little bit about Morocco. Morocco has been devastated, unfortunately, with uh, the earthquake. 2,000 plus people have uh, have died thus far, and you know many are still missing. But what ticks me off is how the media and capitalism is still taking advantage of a very unfortunate circumstance. I'm going to show you a quick video of a reporter or or uh, an anchor and his reporter who happens to be 30 plus or 38 miles away from where the earthquake has taken place. Though the whole country of Morocco is a little bit bigger than the size of the state of California, and the whole country felt it indeed. But he went to a very, very, very far away village where there were damages, where people actually have died. And he kept on highlighting and just focusing on the weak infrastructure and re-edifying, or, or rather de-edifying what advancements and how Morocco, which by the way, is no longer identified as a third world country. But let's watch this video and then we can talk about it in a second. Check it out. Action and despair in Morocco after a massive earthquake struck there this weekend. NBC's Raf Sanchez has made his way near the quake's epicenter. Raf, what does it look like there? Willie, good morning. We are in the mountain village of Moulay Brahim. We're about 30 miles east of the epicenter. And throughout this village, you can see homes that are either completely destroyed or, like the one behind me, are partially collapsed, in danger of total collapse. This village was home to 3,000 people, but local people here tell us some 40 of them were killed on Friday night. So that is more than 1% of the population that has lost their lives here. And they are part of a growing national death toll that has now climbed above 
above 2,000. The rescue effort here is fiendishly complicated. The destruction is not concentrated in a single area. It is spread through villages like this. And the roads to get here are winding, narrow, and treacherous. In some places, they are blocked by heavy boulders. But the rescue continues nonetheless. Local people, hands by patient hands, digging their neighbors out from underneath the rubble. One person was rescued in this village yesterday, and that is giving hope that there may be more survivors still to be found. We are still in that golden 72-hour window when it is the best chance to find people alive. Time is running out, though, and this rescue operation gets more desperate by the hour. Willie? Those overhead shots are just breathtaking of the destruction. And as you say, let's hope there are survivors to be found and rescued there. Raf Sanchez in Morocco this morning. Raf, thanks so much. While maybe the anchor truly, out of ignorance, was just doing his job. But here's the issue. See, the correspondent could have been in in the epicenter of the actual earthquake where it was still devastated. but. It is a beautiful part of the world. He could have been in Casablanca, the most modern city in Africa. He could have been in Rabat, in the capital, anywhere else, right? But he chose to go 30-plus miles away from the actual epicenter to focus on a tiny village that is unfortunate. 40 people have died in there. Yes, I was born and raised in Casablanca. Three people died in Casablanca, which is way, way away from the epicenter, but still they felt a shock and a house fell. I get it. But let me show you the beauty because this pisses me off for one main reason. You ever watch a movie? As a matter of fact, if you watch uh, Mission Impossible 4, there's a scene where they put Casablanca, Morocco. And I was like, oh my God, they're showing Casablanca, Morocco. But then all you see is the desert. That's ignorance. Whether it's Hollywood or American TV, it, this happens all the time. And it, and it makes me really mad. It's actually offensive. Like you're, you're diminishing our value and making us look like we're just, you know, mud houses. And that's not the case. So I want to educate a little bit. You know, Morocco is a well-established country. Morocco has advanced. And it's not just Morocco in here for a second. The rest of the world and the African nations and what is to be considered, I share this with you, and you may feel a little bit right here, a little bit of my passion, because I don't want you to fall in the trap of ignorance. Get educated. Take a, a moment and just Google or YouTube search Morocco or any country for that matter. The United States, and for me, has been the greatest opportunity, the greatest lens that, that's given me everything that I am right now. But it is not right to diminish other countries just to keep people in ignorance in here. I love you, Morocco. I love my family. And um, be careful with scams. I, 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 I donated to a scam uh, GoFundMe yesterday, try to help, and then I realized it was a scam. So uh, make sure you use the UNICEF or Save the Children or any um, legitimate organization uh, so you can do your help. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to come back to a whole lot more. American Senior Benefits is a nationwide insurance marketing company with headquarters in Austin, Texas and Kansas City, Missouri, with dedicated regional and district offices all across the country, ready to serve the unique and specific needs of those who are 55 and older. 
They specialize in the mature market and their veteran leadership team has over 155 years of experience serving our greatest generation. Their trained agents and managers have a true understanding and awareness of the things that keep this group awake at night. They are a veteran-friendly company and have many veterans as part of their dedicated sales force. They target the senior market's concerns including running out of money during retirement, costs of nursing home and home confinement, protecting your investments including guaranteed income, premature death, wealth transfer, hospitals and doctor bills. Their agents represent nearly 200 different insurance companies specializing in the different ways Medicare and other ancillary products such as life insurance, final expense, long or short term care, annuities, etc. They can benefit you tailoring these products to your specific health needs. They also help those turning 65 or retiring from their companies navigate through the process of transitioning to Medicare Part B while helping you understand just how Medicare works. Contact Cindy Fulmer. She is a licensed agent in Kansas and Missouri and is ready to help. If outside Kansas and Missouri licensed areas, she can get you in touch with an American senior benefits agent in your area today. Contact Cindy Fulmer a licensed agent in Kansas and Missouri, and her direct number is 913-645-5693, or simply visit their website at AmericanSeniorBenefits.com. One of the things that I want to talk to you about um, right now, how do we actually establish our brand identity? What do we do to create a sense of communication to our audience? This is what I'm about to give you right now, my blueprint everything that I do and I hope you're ready for it. So there are seven different components. We call it three by four. And again, in our academy, there are like a full course on it, seven, uh, actually nine different modules in that course. And uh, let's talk about it. So the very first question that you must answer, and you're going to hear, again, I talk about this in the course a lot, brain dumping, right? Brain dumping is you just take whatever comes to mind and put it in a piece of paper. So if I say sky, uh, brain dump about sky, right? Birds, sun, moon, clouds, rain, whatever comes to mind. So the very first thing that I want you to do is identify who do you help? So when we talk about who do you help, again, brain dump, who do we help? Entrepreneurs, men, women, kids, schools, uh, organizations, nonprofit, for-profit, whatever the answer may be. And the reason you got to identify who do you help first, because if I don't know who to talk to, I am talking to nobody at all. Um, the reason some of our videos don't connect is because we're not specific enough about who do we talk to. If you go all the way back at the very beginning of this episode, the very first thing that I opened with is, hi, my name is Ali Midawi, and I help struggling entrepreneurs. See, that was my who. Right away, I identified that. So whomever is a struggling entrepreneur, whether you are a startup phase, whether you are making a million a year and can't get to 10 million a year, that there is a sense of struggle that is there. So if that's you, obviously you would connect. So you got to identify who do we help? And I'm not telling you uh, what are the, you know, the results we create yet. This is just the who component. And as you're brain dumping over and over and over and over again, you're going to find that you are repetitive in different areas. In other words, you may find yourself saying men and women. Okay. Well, that's people. You may find yourself saying, um, 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 single and married. Okay. That's people. You may find yourself saying profit and nonprofit. 
that's organizations. And then you keep shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking till the point that it becomes um, very obvious that you have a specific category or demographic that to you is one, but it covers so many other areas. If you need more help with that, let me know. I can give you a freebie one-on-one complimentary session, or we can give you a free trial to the course itself, and you can see it for yourself. So you got to identify the who do you help part. The second component that you want to find out about is how do we help them? Now, the how is not, um, again, the results. I'm not telling you, you know, the losing weight part or the making money part or, you know, I need to know what is the tool. Is it by giving resources? Is it by coaching? Is it by group coaching? Is it by uh, giving documents? Is it by testing? Is it by walking with? Is it running with? Like, what is the actual tool that I, as an entrepreneur or as a person, I'm getting from you, right? Like, like uh, I'm using a hammer, I'm using a screwdriver. They, they both are tools. They do different things, but I need to know what is the tool. So I'll go back again to my beginning where I said, I help struggling entrepreneurs. That was my how. And then I went to by leveraging social media and the digital space. That's the actual how component, right? So you know if we're working together, we're going to leverage social media and the digital space. The reason I even talked about the second segment on today's episode, I was talking to you about AI. I was talking to you about elevating your video, your audio. I was talking to you about the way you deliver your message in a digital space, cutting out the hype, cutting out the exaggeration, right? So it's extremely important for you to communicate the how. If the how is missing, I'm telling you right now, the person is going to say, okay, well, Maybe you can help me, but I don't know how you can actually help me, right? You ever have somebody who's like, yeah, but how do you guys help us? How do you like, what if we hire you? Like, how are you going to help us? They're not listening to your tool that you're saying that you're going to help them with. So it's extremely important that we cover the how for our audience. The third component, again, this is of your brand identity. We talked about who do we help? We talked about how do we help them? Now we got to talk about the results. Results matter, folks. What are the results that you're going to create for us? This is where testimonials matter, right? This is where validation matters, this is where documentation matters. But what are the results that you are going to create? Now, remember, whether it's the first component, second component, or the results part, you are to brain dump. You got to do that brain dumping part, and then you keep shrinking, shrinking, shrinking until you get the best results possible. This is the part that you're going to tell me what is the hopeful outcome that I'm going to have or receive if I were to hire you. Now, I'll go back again to the beginning. I'm doing you a crash course in here, fast forward version. Who do I help? I help struggling entrepreneurs. How do I help them? By leveraging social media in a digital space. What are the results that I create to create brand equity and revenue? See, anyone who is in business, they want brand equity and revenue. So if you have those three components together, and if you do what I'm telling you, and again, I got a free trial course for you. You can watch the whole thing. You got three whole days and uh, a whole lot more. The results themselves are, you got to be careful also how you deliver it. You don't want to put like guaranteed because a lot of people interpret guaranteed different. You know, like if I can guarantee you're going to lose seven pounds and my product does do that, but you're eating cheeseburgers all day long, my product is probably not going to matter, right? So you got to be careful with the guarantees. But you want to just share with me what is the hopeful outcome if I follow your results. So who do I help? How do I help them? And what are the results that we create. These first three components, which are part of 
the seven, right? Three by four, right? That's the three by four business. The reason I have them separated as the three is because specifically those are for all things, marketing, prospecting, networking. So anytime someone says, what do you do? I have struggling entrepreneurs to leverage the social media and digital space just to create brand equity and revenue. If I'm in an interview, I would do that. If I'm opening our own podcast or our own vlog, we do that anywhere at any time that I have an opportunity to introduce myself or interact with another human being, I insert that right away. So there is my vi virtual or, or visual or verbal business card, right? You got to make sure, and you got to know it like a song, like I, 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 you know, working with different clients and I tell the clients all the time, like, where's your wife or where's your husband, right? Like, where's your spouse? And I'm like, okay, I need you to pop quiz him or her anywhere, anytime at any place. And uh, when they wake up, the first thing they say, what do you do? And if they don't know it, like their favorite song, they still don't have it uh, done, um, you know, the proper way. So who do you help? How do you help them? And the results that you create. So those are all things, networking, prospecting, and marketing. Now we're going to go into all things operational. This is the four part, right? So we talked about the three. Now we're going to talk about the four. So the very first one of the second component is vision. So what is your vision? A lot of people confuse vision with mission statements. So a vision by definition is something that I can envision, right? Like that I can uh, dream off and see in real time. And the vision consists of three different components. What was, what is, and what will be. Now, why is it was, is, and will be? See, what the was part, I got to spell right. What was part is creating the relatability. Hey, man, I was married, young, uh, working 90 hours a week. My wife and I were not seeing each other at all. And I would come from the restaurant smelling like a pig. Just, just it was horrible. I hated everything. And I was like, all right, that's relatability. So I started a business and it got me out of that job. But where I found myself right now is I'm expanding a few different brands and different companies so I can uh, help and achieve an impact in this community or in this industry is, right? That's transparency, where I stand right now. And then you have the third component, the what will be. The what will be is the dream part is, and I look forward to helping 100,000 people. I look forward to sponsoring 1,000 children a month. I look forward to whatever that dream is. If the was, and by the way, this has to be real, honest, and genuine. It cannot just be some made-up stories, right? So if the was part is truly relatable and honest, the other person is going to say, man, I totally get it. I relate. They say you were where I am or where I was or where I reasonably was. And they start thinking about where are you right now? And you tell them without hype, without exaggeration. Like, well, you know, right now I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and I'm looking forward to growing into such and such and such. And then you go to the dream. That's where they start dreaming along with you. They envision that roadmap with you. And that's where the individual starts saying, I want to do something together with you, right? So it was, is, and will be. Matter of fact, last time you applied for a job, this happened to you. The interviewer said, so let me tell you a little bit about how our company started. You know, TGI Fridays or TM Carlson, we started in a small place in Tennessee and it grew into this franchise process. And we are right now all over the United States and few other markets in Europe. Our hope and our goal is that we can expand in Africa and South America. And, you know, we have had a little bit of a hard time. See, they told you the why. Now they're telling you we've had a little bit of a hard time to doing it because of linguistic abilities or culture or whatever, yada, yada, yada. But we really want to grow 25 units in South Africa, South America and 10 more units in Africa. And I'm curious on how you can help us doing so. 
See, now they gave you the was, the is, and will, and now they're sitting in there saying, let me see how you're going to react, and are you going to be relatable? Are you actually going to give me the value that I'm looking forward to? And based on those answers or your answer, they may actually hire you and give you an opportunity, right? Same exact thing that you now have to do because this is an operational piece. Sure, you can use this in an interview as well, but it's operational. When you are going to hire a, a virtual assistant or a contractor or an employee, you want to let them know, here's where I was, here's what I am, here's what I will be, and watch their answer. And I promise you, it'll help you make a proper decision on hiring that individual. So that was the vision. That's the first of the four pieces, right? Now we're going to go into culture. Culture. Culture is the most powerful piece in um, anything that has to do with interacting with people, especially if you're building a, a clientele community or network community or an audience membership, whatever it may be. See, everybody wants to be part of something. Everybody wants to be part of a culture. And whether it's religious or not, you know that you are part of some cultures. It could be the NFL. That's a culture. It could be church. That's a culture. It could be boss babes. That's a culture. But think about this, the Nike switch, right? What does it stand for? What do they say in Nike? Somebody let me know, whether you're listening or watching replay or live. Just what? Just do it. What kind of culture are they promoting? Just do it. Challenging. Shut up and go to work. Shut up and go to run. Just do it, bro. This is why when you and I wear Nike gear, we're ready to run a 5K. That's why if you go to the gym and you're wearing Nike shirts, and even if you pay 55 bucks on it and they spend a dollar on, on somewhere on overseas to make it, you still feel like you're ready to rock and roll, right? Think about Gatorade. Gatorade, every athlete, collegian, high school, professional, they're drinking Gatorade, even if it should not be in any athlete's body. But what does the commercial sell? There's usually, let's say, the basketball campaign. Last player takes the last shot, the last minute, and then he's turning around while the ball is still floating in the air to go slow-mo. And he looks at that camera and he says, Gatorade, is it in you? What are they selling? The it factor. That means if you are drinking Gatorade, you are the player with the it factor. So therefore, they're selling the culture of the it factor. Think about McDonald's, as horrible as it is. Ba -ba -ba -ba, I'm loving it. They're showing a picnic style, you know, in this food that is not real food at all. So my point being in here is that if you don't have a culture, people don't know what they're part of. They're not going to be excited about something, about a movement, if you will. So you got to identify your culture. And there is no wrong answer as long as it is real, authentic, and consistent. And whatever you are doing and building, whether you are having conversations, whether you are decorating your office, it has to speak the elements of that culture. The website has to speak the elements of that culture, okay? So that is the next one. After culture, and this is where everybody falls flat on their face, and I bet you you will too, is problems you and only, keyword, only you solve. Problems you and only you solve. Most people, when I ask them this question, hey, what are the problems you and only you solve? They say, well, I sell um, a software that nobody has. I'm like, well, I bet you right now I'll go to Google and I'll find a thousand people who say this.
Same thing about similar softwares. Oh, I help people find houses for the best price possible. Okay, I've heard that song before. I've helped people do this and I've helped people overcome limited beliefs. Most people, especially us adults, as we grow, we tend to overthink stuff. And we are thinking, what is the value that I'm offering? No, 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 no. I'm asking you, what is the problem or problems that you and only you solve? The answer to that is going to come to you based on rephrasing the actual answer or the question itself. You ready for it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask it differently. So what are the problems that you and only you have solved in the past at any time in your adult life? What are the problems that you and only you have solved this whole time? I'm talking about uh, when your credit was bad and you fixed it, when your car died and you fixed it, when you were depressed and you became happy, when you had a bad relationship and you got into a good one, when you lost a job and found a better one, when you didn't know how to start a business and you write that down. That inventory is the most powerful possession that you have. I call those superpowers scars of bullet wounds of war. And it shows your experience and your wisdom and your knowledge. That, my friend, is the component, is the part that makes you their greatest asset. See, every now and then I get, you know, somebody that I'm talking to that are considering us. They say, well, Ali, you know, I listen to E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher and I listen to Eric, to, to, to Les Brown and I listen to Tony Robbins and I watch a whole lot of the, what they're telling me is, you know, you really think you got figure it figured out, but I've gotten people who are bigger and wiser who just didn't help me, right? And I'm like, man, can I just be frank with you for a second? And why do I say that? Because I want to break the neurons, right? Like the running, fast-paced brain cells. It's like when my wife says, we need to talk. Oh, snap. My wife wants to talk. We're done, right? So when I stop that flow of the rapid running neurons, by default, I get their attention. And I let them know, hey, man, let me just tell you a little bit about my background, if I may, and why I believe I'm the most qualified candidate to work with you. And then I start sharing with them my past. As early as I was five, listen, man, I don't come from a silver spoon. I was born and raised in a third world country. I was molested as a child, sexually, physically abused. I was homeless at one point. My brother and I went through a whole lot of beating. I came to the United States by the grace of God, and I came with a whole lot of baggage. I tried to commit suicide at the age of 19 years old. I was lucky and blessed enough to still make it. My wife and I got married when I was 22. She was 21. And everybody's like, what's wrong with you getting married young? But we got married young. We bought our house young. We started our business young. And while the very first company that we were excited about was the worst idea that we could get into after two years, I went on to somewhere else and then had what we call success. Zero to a $400 million company and 68% of that production was in my organization. And I thought money will never stop. So I had four cars in the driveway and life was amazing, right? Until that company sold and left us with nothing. And then I realized, oh, snap, I'm going to do it all over again. And we took a second company to six different countries and qualified for trips. And then that company got shut down with the FTC. I'm like, oh, snap, there's such a thing. And then a third company that we were building and grew to a publicly traded company, $1.6 billion in revenue. And then they just said, yeah, we're going to take everything you've done. And we're going to do it different. Thank you for your service. And I decided, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm not going to do this network marketing thing anymore. So I changed course and became a coach and a consultant, written books, did vlogs, podcasts, shows, spoke in 15 different countries in the last three years alone. And I share all of this stuff with you, not to brag or try to impress you. 
whether you went through molestation, whether you went through some limited beliefs, whether you went through some trauma, whether you've been taking advantage of business, I am the most qualified person that have been through it all and still standing right here next to you with a biggest smile on his face saying, I can get you to walk through that too. So go ahead and call Tony Robbins and tell him to spend this little bit of time with you. See, the point being is I just showed all of my scars of the wounds that I had from every war. And I just showed that I do have the experience and I can buy you speed. Now, it's very rare when that conversation comes up, but you have to be able to communicate why you are the right qualified candidate to work with that individual. And this conversation will do that for you. All right. Last but not least, number seven in the most important components. And I say most important for a reason. Do you operate on a budget? If you don't, you are one flat tire away from shutting down the business. You ever work with somebody and they said something like this, ready? Man, I've been praying about it and I thought I'm going to take a couple of days off and just kind of overthink where things are going to go. No, you're just quit. You're just going to quit. That's what you're doing right now because you realize you're in over your head. You realize instead of calculating your numbers and, and working on your projections and doing it the proper way, you just went spend, 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 spend with a lottery ticket in your mind. Oh, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to hit big. And tomorrow never come. So you got to operate on a budget. Look at your state of affairs. Look at your statements. And then from your statements and your, 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 your bank affairs, you're going to see the last 30 days. Study your, your numbers. What do I spend money on? What can I trim? What can I remove? Where can I redirect as far as money? What is the cash flow positive that I have? And if you have just an extra $200 a month, every single month, don't go to the club or whatever. Okay, this $200, I'm going to dedicate to my business. And if you don't need to spend money on it, Save it. Save it. Because six months goes by, you'll have $1,200. You can upgrade your website. You can upgrade your funnels. You can do some ads. You can do a whole lot. The problem and the reason why most people don't have money to spend on a business is not because they don't have money to spend on a business. We can make money all the time. It's because they never actually plan on what six months from now's greatness is going to come. I'm always cash broke intentionally. And I'm always planning that in the next six months, I have to upgrade. So I have to have that money growing in order for me to upgrade everything in six months. So as a recap for you, number one, who do you help? Number two, how do you help them? Number three, what are the results you create? Marketing, operation. Number one, what is your vision? Was, is, will be. Number two, what is the culture that you are developing? Number three. What problems do you and only you solve or have solved in the past document, right? And then, of course, number four, do you operate on a budget? I believe that if you have this formula together, you absolutely will be a much better operational company, a much better operator yourself. If you are overwhelmed with what I just shared with you right now, I can promise you what I just told you created multi-million dollar operations in companies, taking companies public, and a whole lot more. But you, you have to be responsible. You have to take your part and do it and execute. I'd love to help you. Let me know in the, in the comment or just DM us or go to winwithali.com. There are multiple options, as little as free trial to $47 and even higher, depending on your budget. For those of you who are local in New Jersey, we'd like to have you in our studio. We'd like to feature you. We'd like to showcase your gifts. If you have what it takes, and if you definitely want to escalate your business, your name, your brand to the next level. We have a whole package where we create reels for you, where we do infomercials, where we do presentations, where we do photo shoots. We do a whole from the, the parking lot all the way to the top floor to where we are. 
where we make you look like a superhero and we give you all of those. We can even put PR for you. We can just do so, so much. You just have to do your part. Ali Midawi in here. Really excited about having this second episode of our fourth season. And I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback. Until next time, peace out, everybody. American Senior Benefits is a nationwide insurance marketing company with headquarters in Austin, Texas and Kansas City, Missouri. With dedicated regional and district offices all across the country, ready to serve the unique and specific needs of those who are 55 and older. They specialize in the mature market and their veteran leadership team has over 155 years of experience serving our greatest generation. Their trained agents and managers have a true understanding and awareness of the things that keep this group awake at night. They are a veteran-friendly company and have many veterans as part of their dedicated sales force. They target the senior market's concerns including running out of money during retirement, cost of nursing home and home confinement, protecting your investments including guaranteed income, premature death, wealth transfer, hospitals and doctor bills. Their agents represent nearly 200 different insurance companies specializing in the different ways Medicare and other ancillary products such as life insurance, final expense, long or short term care, annuities, etc. They can benefit you tailoring these products to your specific health needs. They also help those turning 65 or retiring from their companies navigate through the process of transitioning to Medicare Part B while helping you understand just how Medicare works. Contact Cindy Fulmer. She is a licensed agent in Kansas and Missouri and is ready to help. If outside Kansas and Missouri licensed areas, she can get you in touch with an American Senior Benefits Agent in your area today. Contact Cindy Fulmer a licensed agent in Kansas and Missouri, and her direct number is 913-645-5693. Or simply visit their website at AmericanSeniorBenefits.com. Introducing our exclusive PR services for businesses, a chance to supercharge your visibility and credibility in the market. In a crowded marketplace, it is essential for businesses to stand out from the competition. Ali Medawi here and Medawi Enterprise, we understand the power of effective PR and the ability to elevate your brand visibility and credibility. See, we can help you navigate all of those complex PR landscapes and the results will be strong, credible, and in 200 plus media outlets like NBC, CBS, Fox, and all of their subsidiaries. Our team of experienced PR professionals will work with you to craft compelling stories and connect you with influential media outlets, guaranteed. Now don't miss this opportunity to amplify your brand's reach and establish yourself as a trusted industry leader. Visit our website today at winwithali.com and let's get you started today. Medawi Enterprise and your strategic partner for an unparalleled visibility and wavering credibility. Let's <laughs> go.